0: All right, Chelfies. Podcast 50, we're Top Shelf Fantasy, you know where to find us, Power Hour. Here we go, you boys ready? Oh, we're ready. Uh, ready I, bu- ready. I, I believe, be. right, we good? We believe good? we're go. ready.
1: Great way to end the season, it is Power Hour. Power Hour. Or
2: start the offseason,
0: however you look at it. Yep. All right, we're going to kick it off with the number one fantasy player, my, Lamar Jackson. We consensusly all said all season long, wait on quarterbacks, and the quarterback to draft was Lamar Jackson. If you had Lamar Jackson on your team and you didn't win a championship, you did something very, very wrong. I'm going to give a shout-out to Chibs, who had McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson smash the Antoine League. Lamar Jackson is going to be the number one quarterback off the board in 2020. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. Uh, oh, I guess that's I uh, that uh, I think we had him ranked quarterback 14 to start the year and I mean, I was kind of worried too cuz it's not a big passing offense, but he showed what he can do with his legs. He was great. Um, Marquise Brown with him was great in those big situations. So, he had almost had 100 more points than the quarterback too, which is going to be um, Craig's He got next the
3: uh, he got the 1000 rushing yards. He got the record at 1200. Take a drink. number two quarterback on the season Dak Prescott Dak Prescott was top shelf's QB 16 entering the season I'm pretty sure any top expert out there did not have him within the top 10 this year however he just fell short of 5,000 passing yards 30 passing touchdowns this season and had a nice little ground game of 277 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns. So he definitely was someone that you got late again in your fantasy drafts early in the season. And Dak Prescott was able to lead most of you to a championship if you had him on your team. Uh, I know he had a few down weeks around week 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. However, he really did show up when it meant um, and you know things were things were doing pretty good for Dak Prescott this season quarterback 2
2: What a jam. All right. Uh, third overall quarterback on the season, Jameis Winston, threw for 5,100 yards, 33 touchdowns, and a staggering 30 interceptions. <laughs> just imagine how much better he could have done if he didn't lose 60 points on picks. Uh, really one of the best fantasy quarterbacks and just one of the worst real-life quarterbacks out there. It's almost funny to see the juxtaposition, but it hammers home one of the most important fantasy football points that there is. It's not real football. Jameis Winston is a draftable fantasy quarterback quarterback. Startable week in and week out, and he's not playable in real life. So it seems like he's going to stick around Tampa. At least they said they're going to give you a decision on him in the next couple of weeks. Arians seems a little wishy-washy on him, but he's still surrounded with Godwin, Evans, O.J. Howard for the time being, and Perriman coming on late in the season. He put up a really historic year, 30-30. and 30. I don't know if it's ever been done before. <laughs> no. no. 60 I don't. points. That's right. That's 60 points. That's 60 points he took off the board. Good shot.
1: All right, and the quarterback four of the season is um, Russell Wilson, Mr. Consistency. Uh, Top Shelf had him ranked quarterback four to start the season. He ended up quarterback four. He's a very good but boring quarterback in fantasy. Um, He finished with 31 passing touchdowns, a little less picks than Winston, only five. But over 4,000 passing yards, 342 rushing yards. Um... We saw the addition of uh, D.K. Metcalf there. Helped Wilson out a lot, especially in the red zone. Uh, Tyler Lockett came out huge again to start the season. He kind of slowed down to the end with injuries. But um, even Josh Gordon was there, too. And even when they cut him, he still found guys like David Moore. um, Will Disley. Will Will Disley, (laughs) R.I.P. And then um, Hollister. Yeah, Jacob Hollister. He makes guys good.
0: Uh Deshaun Watson. He's Katy Perry's hot and cold this year. Uh, we had him ranked uh, QB three. He finished at QB five. This is where I think everybody thought Deshaun Watson was gonna go, uh, kind of in that three to five range. Uh, but I will tell you, it was not a pretty three to. It was not a it was not a pretty top five finish. Uh, there's multiple weeks where he scored under 20 points, and in the weeks that it mattered, he scored 18 and 10 points for you. So, not ideal with Deshaun Watson. The biggest piece that you need to understand with Deshaun Watson is he scored three points less than Jameis Winston, and Winston was going multiple rounds after Deshaun Watson. I mean, Deshaun Watson was likely one of the first quarterbacks off the board, depending on what draft you were in. It's just not worth drafting quarterbacks early. a three-point gap instead of an eight-round gap. So, I mean, drink.
3: If you're loving the tunes I don't know if we've actually mentioned that we're going through The decades to close out the 2010 Decade uh, Starting off pretty early But uh, let's go to Josh Allen who finished off the season As quarterback 6 Josh Allen was definitely someone that was Going to be viewed as a lesser Quarterback entering the season We had him as 21 Um, But here's the one thing that you need to know Josh Allen's not going anywhere Rushing yards count a lot for quarterbacks in fantasy football. He had the second most attempts. He had 500 yards and nine rushing touchdowns. That's to add on top of his 20 passing touchdowns. So he definitely was able to put up a lot of good fantasy points for you. Keep that in mind going into any draft in the future that Josh Allen is going to be someone that you will be able to rely on as a fantasy quarterback more than an NFL quarterback.
2: already uh Kyler Murray our quarterback 7 on the year. We had him ranked a little bit lower just outside top uh, top 1 quarterback at quarterback 15. So I mean, I think a lot of people were skeptical about him what he was going to do in an Arizona offense without a ton of weapons. And he really did have a great rookie season. And like Craig said about Josh Allen, rushing yards count and he had 544 of them. I mean, he had a great year through for 3700 yards, 20 touchdowns, only 12 interceptions. He's probably due for a big uh, uptick next year too, and if Christian uh, Christian Kirk can continue to develop around them, they can establish uh, a better running game this year than they had or next year than they had this year. There's a lot of room for improvement with Kyler, and he's in the conversation for Offensive Rookie of the Year this year. So, all in all, a very solid rookie year for a kid on a team that didn't really do much, and he was probably asked to do a little bit more than you'd like to see out of him, but he put up good fantasy numbers. He's probably a top 8 quarterback next year in the draft, but don't reach for him. All right, and the uh, quarterback number 8 is
1: uh, Sir Patrick Mahomes. The number one quarterback this season in fantasy drafts. Another reason why we say you can wait on quarterbacks. For this reason alone, Mahomes scored almost double the points he scored this year, last year. Um, you saw Tyreek Hill go down week 1. That affected him going forward. Tyreek Hill comes back. Mahomes goes down. They didn't have a running game, and that hurt them too. So they could just f- focus on the, on the quarterback on the pass. So, with back to Lamar Jackson. I know he's the first pick next year, but you know temper expectations. We see this a lot. Mahomes finished eighth when he was drafted as maybe in the first or second round in some one QB draft. So. Still a top-ten quarterback, great, but uh, not what you wanted. All
0: right, Carson Wentz, QB 9. We had him going in ranked at 8. I'll tell you right now, Carson Wentz is going to be the quarterback that I hammer all next year. He didn't have a sexy year. He only threw 27 touchdowns. But he threw seven picks over 4,000 yards with basically no offensive weapons. Oh, and he went Minnesota, Dallas, Buffalo, Chicago, New England for a stretch. He had a terrible schedule with a very young offense. He looked better down the stretch when Miles Sanders was taking over the role. He had a check check down to him. But Alshon Jeffrey was hit or miss on the field. And Deshaun Jackson should be coming back next year. I would expect... Carson Wentz to have a better year next year than he did this year, and it's not a sexy look. People are going to be overlooking Carson Wentz for the Lamar Jacksons, Deshaun Watsons of the world.
3: Finishing off the quarterback position, we have Aaron Rodgers. Quarterback 10 on the season, quarterback 2 drafted in fantasy drafts. He is another reason we'll keep hammering at home that you wait on quarterbacks because you never know where they're going to end up. Aaron Rodgers definitely had a disappointing season this year. Uh, he did get 4,000 passing yards, but only 26 passing touchdowns is not going to do it for fantasy football. You know, he did have, you know, a, a couple of tough matchups towards the end of the season Chicago, Minnesota, in the, you know, finals and semifinals so that's definitely not something that you were looking at and you were not happy about but I know that throughout the entire season he even had duds up against um, you know Washington which was not really that great at the time Dallas's defense kind of struggled a little bit this season he only put up nine fantasy points
2: I'm not sure what the what's in store for Aaron Rodgers in the future Alrighty moving on to running backs the number one running back of the year Christian McCaffrey by about a billion points uh, Scotty hit me with a pretty interesting stat. If he sat after week 12, he would have still been running back one on the year by over 20 points, which is absurd. Uh, again, he went for 1,000 rushing yards, 1,000 receiving yards, third running back in history to do it with Marshall Falk and Roger Craig. Just an absolute monster of a season. Probably ranks up there with the all-time fantasy seasons for any player at any position. Um, i trying to think. I mean, just a legitimate Hall of Fame fantasy season. If you had him on your team, you probably made the championship, and if you didn't, you were probably playing against him in the championship. Uh, again, I think you shouted out Chibs for Lamar and uh, Christian McCaffrey. I'm assuming he won in a landslide. But yeah. yeah. It's the oh, easiest that it could ever It's hard to
0: lose with guys like that.
2: Exactly. Uh, new head coach next year, though, could potentially return Cam Newton. Who really knows? Uh, keep an eye on him, but he's going to be the first running
0: back off the board next year, and if he's not, you made a mistake. All right. Aaron Jones comes in as the RB2 on the year. We had him ranked as RB14. uh, And I I think a lot of people really had Aaron Jones in that back-end RB1. But he fooled us all. The only downside to Aaron Jones is Jamal Williams. And it still baffles my mind that Jamal Williams is getting the ball. It's a Devontae Booker, DeAndre Washington situation all over again. Aaron Jones was absolutely blowing the doors off when he was getting the ball. Uh, he had really big games and he had very low games. But when you look at the games where he dipped in production from a fantasy perspective, that's where Jamal Williams spiked. So there's obviously a clear correlation between he needs the ball and he needs it in volume. And I don't the the coach over in Green Bay is very forgettable, so I don't know his his name escapes LaFleur. me. Lafleur, but I think that's fine. <laughs>
1: Pretty All right, a uh, little Neil Diamond. RB3 should have been RB2, but uh, he skipped a week. Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans. Um, this is very – I'm very proud of this uh, position for him because um, he was my breakup player of the year, um, and I my book prediction of the year was he was going to lead the entire NFL in rushing yards, which he did with over 1,500 yards, and he did that in only 15 weeks. Um we saw at the end of last year, the way that ten- that Tennessee was winning games was running the ball and pounding it with Derrick Henry. They came out strong by doing that with him all season. They added – they have Tannehill now. So Tannehill, A.J. Brown, that leaves more space for Derrick Henry to run too. So I think going forward, that team is great. I, we'll see if they keep him or not. But, um, yeah, Henry, number three.
3: The team that's been in the news most recently has been the Dallas Cowboys for a lot of negative reasons, but I'll tell you one positive light is Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott was finishing almost every single season in the top five. He did it again. He was ranked for us as number two and got to number four. So if you didn't draft Christian McCaffrey, you got Zeke and you were at least happy with it. Because he was able to produce for you I know that there was that contract situation early in the season Which made him slip a little bit But Zeke was able to finish what you thought he was going to do for you He had 1300 rushing yards on 300 attempts 12 rushing touchdowns He had the the receptions as well 54 of them for 420 yards And 2 touchdowns So Zeke was definitely a mainstay in that offense He's going to be for the future He's definitely someone that I can consistently say to drop top 5 draft
2: top five uh our running back five on the year dalvin cook we had him ranked at running back nine so just outside of kind of where or inside where we expected him probably could even finish a couple slots higher if he didn't miss the last two games two plus games with injuries but that's just the way it goes yeah everybody's gonna deal with that huge bounce back year for a guy who really needed it it looks like he's gonna be good to go for the vikings as we head forward in the playoffs as well so He's really proved that he can carry a huge workload. I think he had 250 carries plus a bunch of work out of the backfield catching as well. So he's proved that he can handle the workload and produce effectively for the Vikings team. And Zimmer looks more than happy to ride him. So uh, I think he's realistically your running back two, maybe running back three going into next year's draft. It's him, CMC, and Derek Henry probably um, right up there. Too, yeah, but. Zeke's in that conversation always as well, yeah. But yeah, great year for him. Alexander Madison pushed him a bit, took a couple carries, but didn't steal the show like we all might have thought he would, so.
1: Alright, and running back six, um, Austin Eckler from the Chargers. So, Eckler started off very hot with uh, Gordon holding out. Uh, I think it was RB1 or 2 for the first four weeks. Gordon came back and everyone, you know, c- kind of got worried Eckler's going to be that backup role again. For the first week, he was, but after that, he showed the entire league that he could still produce even splitting time with um, Melvin he was 7 yards away from having a 1,000 receiving yards which is insane, 92 receptions for a backup running back, that is phenomenal if Melvin Gordon is not there next year Austin Eckler, if you're in a keeper league and you can keep him, that is going to be the biggest steal in any league and he could be a top 5 pick if Gordon's gone next year so uh, cheers for Eckler
0: yeah, he's. I mean, and even with Gordon on the field, he'll produce. Yeah. All right, Nick Chubb finished as RB seven. We had him at RB twelve, and admittedly, he was low in the top shelf rankings because of me. Um, I had Chubb, I believe, lower than the rest of the guys on the uh, on the on the squad here. Uh, a lot of that having to do with Kareem Hunt. I didn't believe in Nick Chubb's uh, ability, but five yards of carry, 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns. He did that all all season long. He proved he can be the workhorse back, and he proved when Kareem Hunt came back that he can still get the ball and hit the home runs that he's known for, get the five yards of carry. He's not going to get the passing work. Kareem Hunt looks like he's going to be a problem on the goal line, but Nick Chubb is certainly worth a top 10 running back slot next year, and let me tell you something. He played all of them. Very hard to find a durable running back in the NFL yep. these days. It's true. Let's
3: see. Running back eight on the season is Mark Ingram. Maki Mack was able to finish and produce a much better performance than anyone can give him credit for. He was going in the back end of the 3rd, maybe early 4th round for most drafts and he was definitely going to win you a lot towards the end of the season. I had Mark Ingram on all of my championship teams uh, and he was able to produce running back one number 7 weeks and Seven weeks is is quite a bit for any running back, and there was you know some down weeks. He he dealt with some injuries this season, no no doubt, but he never really missed a full game, and he was able to produce five yards of carry on two hundred attempts. He has the least amount of rushing attempts of all the Q, all the RB ones, and he was able to mainstay with all of them.
2: Alrighty, running back nine on the year, Leonard Fournette. We had him a little low. Uh, we had him ranked at running back 22, and he outperformed that masterfully. And uh, an important thing to note with Fournette was he had 1,150 rushing yards. He caught 76 passes this year for over 500 yards. So he really added that aspect to his game. And the other big point, he only had three touchdowns, and he finished running back nine. If he can get up to 10 touchdowns on three the year,
0: touchdowns?
2: three touchdowns yeah. total. So if he can get
0: up to 10 touchdowns, that adds, I don't know, check my math. That's like – 60 points. Well, I mean, he'd, he'd be a top five running back, and easily. the 76 catches, I think, caught everybody off.
2: I really thought Reichel Armstead was going to do some catching work, yep. and he didn't do anything. Yep. So Fournette appears to be the guy running back nine, easily could have been running back five if he found the end zone slightly more often, but he's on the Jaguars, so not a lot of people find the, find the <laughs> end zone down there.
0: All right, uh, we're uh, back 10. This is the grossest RB11 finish, I feel like. Chris Carson, we Wait. had him ranked at uh, RB20. It's my turn.
1: Oh. Saquon Barkley, RB10. Oh. Um, preseason, RB1 in mainly everyone's uh, rankings. Um, he had hurt early in the season, came back, still lingering injury. The Giants were a mess all season. They just couldn't find the flow. But of course, the last two weeks he scored 28 points and 41 points, too little, too late. Next year, I still think he's a top five pick. He might, he's probably still a top three, four pick. Um, kind of a lost year. He still, he still had over a, a thousand yards, which is surprising because I figured he missed a lot of time. But um, d- d- it's a d- disappointing season when you draft that guy first overall. So um, but I wouldn't worry too much. He's still a top RB going into the season next
0: year. And Tom, Chris Carson, <laughs> drink. All right, my bad, Scotty. I was already looking ahead about disgusting. About it. I want this minute That's to fun. go by very quickly talking about Chris Carson. Uh, the, the dude's putting the ball on the ground a bunch of times. Marshawn Lynch is back in Seattle, which honestly is I'm I'm very curious to see how it plays out next year. Um, Chris Carson, I just he does nothing dynamic, but he's that RB low end RB one RB two that you can count on week in and week out. Um, it's not a sexy pick. But Chris Carson's going to get you the points, and that's the reason he finished RB11. We had him RB20, mainly because, you know, you don't see anything special from him. I think everybody thought that Rashad Penny was going to push him, and he kind of shut that down very quickly. Um, but the team wants to run the ball, and if he's the running back, he's going to get it. And, again, we talked about it many times. There's not a lot of running backs that are out on the field as much as Chris Carson was. Boy, this was like, perfect. So...
3: Next running back Screw you Alvin Kamara You finished as RB12 We all had Every single expert Anyone Had Alvin Kamara As a top 4 running back Top 3 at times When Zeke had his contract Hold out Alvin Kamara was a top 3 running back Drafted in all fantasy drafts Where'd you finish for me? Just fringe Same amount of points As Joe freaking Mixon Joe Mixon only got up as high as he did because the last couple of games of the season he did pretty well. But let me tell you, Alvin Kamara had under 200 rushing attempts. That's less than David Montgomery, who was a rookie. Alvin Kamara had. How dare you bring that up? <laughs> six total touchdowns throughout the entire season. Alvin Kamara did have a very bad season. However,. I do not see the trend continuing because six six total touchdowns is the reason why his numbers are so low.
2: And uh, Craig touched on it quickly. Joe Mixon, running back 13, technically tied with Alvin Kamara, so I don't know how he got the nod, but uh, I guess I had to do some more lobbying from my guys. But he finished at running back 13. We had him projected at running back 10, so right around where he was projected. Definitely took a hit due to the A.J. Green injury uh, or the year-long absence, whatever you want to call it. Uh, The ineffectiveness of the entire Cincinnati offense is what really killed him. Playing from behind killed him. Having no offensive line killed him. Next year should be a big bounce back year for him, assuming the Bengals add a quarterback who can actually throw the ball, a wide receiver who's an all-world talent when he's healthy, and hopefully they return some healthy offensive linemen and maybe even add some of them in the draft too. Mixon last year, or 2018, was the AFC's leading rusher. He didn't lose all of his talent in one year. He just got a bum rap this year with, the injuries around him, the ineff- ineffectiveness of the entire Cincinnati offense. I look for a bounce back next year.
1: All right, and uh, running back 14 was the RB one of 2018, Todd Gurley. Going into the season, everyone was very concerned about the you know the knee injury, the old age knees he has. Um, we had him as RB eight. I think we were kind of more lenient too. Um, I mean, he had 14 total touchdowns, and that's the only reason why he's up here. I I know Tom, your prediction was he'd have 20 total touchdowns, and he came close. He he actually did, but 850 yards was bad. Like that's a bad season. I don't know if it was the his actual knees or the the game plan, because the Rams were an absolute disaster for like six weeks in a row. You couldn't start anyone in that team. So. Girl, didn't finish what you wanted to, but you knew this could happen. So. All
0: right. RB15, Miles Sanders. And I just want to, real quick, just show a big tier drop off. Between RB6, Austin Eckler, and RB7, Nick Chubb, it was a 26 point drop off. And we get down to Miles Sanders at 193 points. 30-something points below Nick Chubb being drafted in the 15th round ended as RB15 with half a season's worth of work. When he took over the the uh, the reins, I don't even know if you can call him reins that uh, Jordan Howard ever had, but when he got a full workload with no Jordan Howard, he smashed it. Miles Sanders should easily crack the top 10 next year if he continues the role that he has now. There's a lot to be seen about what they're going to do. This song's very quiet. I'm going to be screaming <laughs> into this. But Miles Sanders was a tremendous value pick this year if you could hold on to him. Next year should be better too. I'm not sure how
3: to talk about this next running back because he t- he changed teams this year. And the next one is Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake Went over to Arizona Somehow stole the job from David Johnson Well, I shouldn't say somehow David Johnson lost the job, really We all saw the play where he did not really care And Kenyon Drake came in right after that week And took the job And the la- and the reason that he finishes right now as RB16 Is because the last two weeks of the season He had 39 fantasy points and then 32 The man went off he won you. He was a fantasy championship winner. He's a league winner, Kenyon Drake, in Arizona. He owes many, many thank you cards to Cliff Kingsbury, and many, many thank you cards are, are owed to him by fantasy owners.
2: All running back 17. You don't often hear this guy down at running back 17, and we had him projected at RB5. Le'Veon Bell, RIP Tom's Hopes and Dreams. Uh really one of the biggest letdowns of the fantasy season at any position. Could certainly have been worse for him, but definitely could have been a lot better. He's outside of running back one probably for the first time in his career. And for where he was projected, being a top five back, finishing outside running back one is unacceptable. You drafted Lev probably pretty high in the draft, and then you likely struggled all year and were nowhere near the top of your league in points. So... That's just really a huge letdown for what you anticipated his production to be. Who knows what's going to happen with him going forward either. Uh, I'd really just look to avoid Lev unless a lot changes with the current structure of the Jets team. They don't look good. They don't look like they're going to feature him like he was in Pittsburgh. It's not a good fit.
1: All right, running back 18, Josh Jacobs. We had him as RB19, so pretty close. Um, I mean, he... Missed two games during the season with injuries. He finished with 1,150 yards, seven touchdowns, but only 166 reception yards. So he doesn't he's doesn't get the receiving work as uh, Richard's there. For a rookie, though, over a thousand yards. Um, it looks good for him going forward next year. That's their bell cow. I think he's gonna be involved more in the passing game as the years go on. Between him and Miles Sanders, the, the two rookies. I might pick Sanders over him next year just because the passing work, but they're, they're both very close. Two very promising rookies going into the draft season next year. They can, they'll probably be in the top ten,
0: top twelve. I would say, as picks. So yeah, um, yeah. Most I mean, most likely, he's going to be I a first round pick. Very player. impressive to see two rookies in the top twenty. Yeah. RB19 was Philip Lindsay There could be no other running back That I, I least want to talk about Than Philip Lindsay
3: And so then I'll take it and we can switch Because Philip Lindsay was a bust of mine Throughout the entire season And I had no way To figure out what uh, Yeah, I'll take it, why not I mean, he was the guy that followed me All throughout the beginning of the year There's so many people, Dickie, listen, you know this is for you. I had no idea what to do with Philip Lindsay, but let me tell you, at the end of the year, he finished as RB19.
0: He was someone... 50, so 50% of the season, he scored less than 10 points. Yes. He's a bad running back.
3: However, whatever reason... Oh, I'm not saying that he's great. I'm not... I, I Just for whatever reason, their rushing game with him and Freeman are, are are going to be back and forth, and you don't really know who to choose, so he is such a headache... So here, you can take Marlon Mack with Josie.
0: Yeah, Marlon Mack running out the RB20. Uh, it, Mack was curious, I, I feel like, for the whole season. I don't think anybody really understood where we should take Mack. We had him ranked as an RB15. Talent-wise, Marlon Mack has everything going for him. Um, he, he, he got hurt, it, Excuse me. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't, know how, I don't know how many games Marlon Mack actually missed because I was prepped to talk about Lindsey. <laughs> But Sorry. Marlon Mack, I know we missed some games. He shows up as RB20. This is an offense that's going to have to run the ball. However, their left tackle dows. Who's who's the uh, left Kalechi tackle? Assembly? Yeah. Who's going to retire out in Indy? Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, is that who it is? It's no. Not. It, that's that's not the it Jets is. guy. Who are you talking so, about? Uh, the left tackle the for in, the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts is contemplating retirement. So, it's it's a situation to, to track, but Marlon Mack is a very serviceable running back RB2 next year. You want to talk about roster synergy, he's a good one. Sorry, let's go. Wide receivers. We're into
2: wide receivers, baby. Number one wide receiver of all time, just kidding, for this year, Michael Thomas. Uh, wide receiver one, we had him at wide receiver six. I think it's a fair projection. He kind of outperformed it. He set an all-time single-season record for receptions. Nobody could have seen that coming. Uh, 148 catches. Just best Marvin Harrison at 145. And you think about that, if you're playing half PPR, so you're going to get 70 points just on his catches alone. He probably outscored a ton of other wide receivers on the entire season just in catches. Never mind the yardage and touchdowns he put up he's an easy pick next year should be the first wide receiver off the board he's peppered with targets week in week out Drew Brees looks like he's playing at the highest level he's played at his whole career no reason he's not going to be around for the long haul uh Alvin Kamara hasn't really produced so Michael Thomas has to boom roasted straight out of two? <laughs>
1: <laughs> alright uh for two good time for um, music. Chris Godwin who also missed week 16 so he missed a game he's still, he's still finished two um Another, you know, sh- shout out to me. He was my breakout wide receiver of the season. Shout out, Scotty. We had him as WR20. No, you I couldn't play did, him in the championship. I did not. F- what? You couldn't play him in the championship. I could not. Any of the people that and Cook. But, uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, Chris Godwin finished with uh, 1,333 receiving yards. I said how him and Evans would combine for 1,000 yards. I also said OJ Howard would as well. I was wrong about that one. But both Evans and Godwin, I'll talk about Evans later, but. Godwin, I think, has um, placed himself as as a top-tier wide receiver in this league, and you saw week in and week out that he could put up numbers with Mike Evans and without Mike Evans. So going forward, I think next year is a top six wide receiver pick. All
0: right, I feel like everybody's waiting for the cliff to fall off for Julio Jones. We had him ranked as wide receiver three. He finished as wide receiver three. Everybody's talking about the foot. I'm always concerned about Julio Jones' foot. But the last two weeks of the season were probably the most impressive thing I've seen from Julio Jones in, in a very long time. He dominated that San Francisco and Jacksonville game, falling into the end zone, fighting to get the yardage, fighting to get the touchdowns. Matt Ryan was up and down quarterback play has a lot to do with how well wide receivers are going to be. Julio Jones seems to be the exception to that rule. He's always going to be a top five pick. You go into next year and you see that he's 31 years old, you should still be taking him as a top five wide receiver. Yes, Calvin Ridley's there. Yes, Calvin Ridley had an impact on how Julio was for the uh, majority of the season, but he can still dominate.
3: Wide receiver four on the season. Year two for this guy is Cooper Cup. Uh, obviously on the most high profile offense going into the season was the Los Angeles Rams. There was a lot of conversation on who's going to be the number one. Is it Robert Woods? Is it Cooper Cup? I don't think a lot of us thought Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks fell off uh, a cliff. But Cooper Cup fell, started.
0: If I could take Cooper Cup. <laughs> Cooper,
3: Cooper Cup. Yeah, it, honestly. <laughs> but Cooper Cup really did work uh he ended up putting in six weeks of a wide receiver one finish and there was a span in the middle of the year that everyone started to you know really kind of fade on cooper cup because i think it was like six weeks of seven from week six all the way to week 12 that you really couldn't count on him or play very much of him but outside of that he really did have a lot of great games this season
2: All right, wide receiver 5 on the season, DeAndre Hopkins. We had him projected at wide receiver 1, you know, sue me. that's a good pick. It's
0: you know, where you should go.
2: Yeah, he he's still an all-world all-talent wide receiver. He had a great year. He just got bested by a couple, uh, you know, a few other studs on the season. whoop do. Uh, he if you drafted him, you are 100% happy with what he returned you week in and week out. I don't think he had any bum weeks this year. That's not true. He had one five-point week, but besides that, he's in double digit double digits every single week. Uh, again, he had over 100 catches this year, over 1,100 receiving yards, seven touchdowns, and he actually threw for a touchdown as well. So all in all, a great year for a guy who's on an offense that is usually pretty productive, but again, was missing Will Fuller for a lot of the season. Deshaun Watson had to pretty much throw to him or Darren Fells. So obviously, he's going to see a lot of coverage. Uh, all right, wr. Um, what is your number six?
1: Kenny Galladay. I wasn't too high on him this year, to be honest. Um, we had him ranked as wr twenty four. Uh, we kind of said stay away. Um, I I think he burned us a, a little in the past. Um, Stafford had a bad season the year before that, so we weren't that confident. Kenny Galladay came out strong. Stafford came out playing MVP like football. When Zephyr went down for the season, at that point I'm like, all right, Kenny Galladay is done. Like he's not done, but he, he's gonna have, you know, he's crap games. A big drop off. He did have some crap games and he had some massive games too. So he was kinda of, he pulled we pulled like a Amari Cooper esque kind of <laughs> thing at the end of the season. But um, you know, how to, talk to Galladay, I was wrong. This guy's a freak talent. He knows how to get the ball and he catches every ball that's thrown to him, so
0: I'll, I'll drink it to uh, Kenny Galladay. Devontae Parker, everybody's fool's goal for 2020. All right. What <clears> was <throat> our rank for him, though? We had him ranked as 58. Now, listen. Wide receiver, there's correlation, obviously, in how well the quarterback's playing and who the quarterback is. And I will get into this in a little bit. <laughs> However, Ryan Fitzpatrick was not the, not the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins at the beginning of the season. We sat here and said, if Ryan Fitzpatrick ever becomes the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, watch out for someone. And, of course, it was going to be Devontae Parker. He's a freak of talent. He's going to run down the field. Right, Preston Williams went on the IR. However, I still think it was going to be Devontae Parker. But if Ryan Fitzpatrick is not on that team next year, (laughs) Preston Williams and Devontae Parker are not touchable.
3: True. Wide receiver eight on I the season. I just snuck in the press to Williams. Keenan <laughs> Allen. We had him ranked as wide receiver eleven. I know that's due to me. I actually had him less, uh, lesser ranked than these guys early in the season because I expected a little bit more to go to Mike Williams, a little bit more to go to Hanna Henry Um But wide receiver eight is still you know pretty good for Keenan Allen. So I'll, I'll eat a little bit of crow on that. Here's what I see from Keenan Allen. The last three seasons, well, let's just go two seasons before this one. He started off super slow, then blew up at the end of the year. That was 2017, 2018. Slow in the beginning of the year. Blew up at the end of the year. 2019 comes. He starts to blow up in the beginning of the year, has like six seven dud games in a row and then finishes off the season strong. So I don't know what to say about Keenan Allen, but he's boomer bust.
2: Amari Cooper, wide receiver nine. We had him ranked at wide receiver 13, so again, not too far off. We had him just outside wide receiver one, and uh, he finished just inside. So, and really, he kind of cost himself some positioning here by fading in the last few weeks. He missed a couple games. He could have easily finished as a top five wide receiver. But he did show that he can be effective in the Dallas offense. Him and Dak Prescott seemed to gel. He had a few really, really, really huge games. Uh, The firing of Jason Garrett, however, could bode well for him. It could bode terribly for him. It's hard to say. Um, Depends on who gets installed as the head coach there. If they're a run-first guy and they want to feed Ezekiel Elliott, I don't touch Amari Cooper. If it's Josh McDaniels, I will pick Lamar Cooper instantly. It's it's hard to say what's going to happen, but as for this year, fantastic output.
1: Why Wide receiver number ten, Julian Edelman, big handsome, big sexy. Um, we had him ranked as WR15, and he uh, you know he exceeded expectations for us. He finished the season with um, 100 receptions. 1,117 yards, six touchdowns, and he had a a passing touchdown as well. Uh, I mean, this guy all year besides Week 15, where he had one point, he's been very consistent and he is usually each year. This year he was a little better than he's ever been. Um, If you're in PPR league, you probably finish number eight or seven. These rankings are based off of half PPR, so Julian Edelman, if you drafted him, you probably drafted him as a mid-tier wide receiver two back end, and you got this production of them, you know,
0: good for you. Whatever. Drink. (laughs) Alright. If I paint a scenario in which Tom Brady goes to Chicago and throws the ball to Allen Robinson 154 times, Allen Robinson's catching the ball over 97 times. (laughs) Allen Robinson's victim of Mitch Trubisky excellent talent excellent talent 154 targets 98 catches 1100 yards in seven tds you give him a legit quarterback he's going to be up in the top 10 top five wide receivers he finished here at wide receiver 11 we had him at wide receiver 21 i know scotty's been on Allen robinson for a while Allen Robinson, there's nothing when you watch Allen Robinson sit there that says he's not a good wide receiver. What draws you back from Allen Robinson is bad quarterback play. However, good wide receivers can overcome bad quarterbacks. All right. Wide receiver number
1: 12, Mike Evans for the Bucs. I mean, I had... Godwin, before, so I'll kind of mix this together. Tempe Buccaneers wide receivers produced all season. Mike Evans missed the last two weeks with an injury. You can say the last two and a half weeks. I think on a per game basis, he finished as wide receiver four or five as a per game basis, but you know, we don't go for that. He missed time, which is part of fantasy. Um, Still had over a thousand yards. I think he had um, six. Touchdowns. Him and Godwin had played very well together this season. If if Aaron's is back there next year, which is going to be no matter what quarterback it is, you you have to trust in Evans and Godwin. They're both they're two top twelve wide receivers.
2: Then we've got uh, Jarvis Landry, wide receiver thirteen. We had him ranked a little low at wide receiver thirty one. And he we really went out <laughs> and outperformed that projection solidly. I think a lot of us expected Odell to take a lot of his targets away, and uh, he just didn't. You didn't You didn't really hear a ton of weeks where he was a top five wide receiver, but he consistently put up numbers to finish just outside of a wide receiver one this season. He was like good for 10 to 12, maybe the, the occasional 15 a week. Hopefully now with Freddie Kitchens out, you'll see an increased production for both him and Odell. But really, who the heck knows what's going to happen. The Browns are a nightmare, but Landry seems to be the one consistent guy who's going to get his looks. He had over 130 targets and made 80 catches. That's a decent conversion rate, but you want to see him take 130 targets and probably return you 110 catches.
3: All right, so I took my shot early because I have a lot to say about this next guy. So wide receiver 14 on the season is Tyler Lockett. He was my breakout player of the year. And if it wasn't for, honestly, I don't know what happened at the end of the season, but Tyler, yeah, maybe a little bit. There was, there was this big, like, you know, I don't know, mass in his leg or something like that. And then the flu, whatever. But he was on pace for mid-wide receiver one, around finishing around seven or eight for most of the season. He started off the year so hot, continued all the way until week 10. Uh, and then after that, he started to fall off a cliff and then gave you one good performance in week 15. But the biggest thing that I said about Tyler Lockett in the beginning of the year was targets. And with Doug Baldwin gone, he was able to get 40 more targets than he got last season. And he took that to the tune of 1,057 receiving yards and eight receiving touchdowns. So that is exactly what I had expected Tyler Lockett to get. And unfortunately, he could have had more.
0: All right, what's the disaster for a rookie wide receiver? Marcus Mariota as your quarterback. Yep. Um, if there was any uh, – nobody – okay, so A.J. Brown finishes it as the wide receiver 15. Nobody doubted A.J. Brown's talent coming out of Ole Miss. Huge-bodied wide receiver that was going to succeed with a good quarterback. Insert Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> and you have a wide receiver who was not getting the ball in the beginning half of the year or, what, the first four weeks – Of the season Insert Ryan Tannehill You have a rookie running uh, wide receiver That we ranked at wide receiver 88 And no expert in the world Is going to tell you That A.J. Brown Could even crack wide receiver 5 numbers But that's because Marcus Mariota Was the quarterback On a run first team A.J. Brown Things are going to be happening for him in 2020
3: If you listen to this podcast, you know what a dart throw is. And this year's dart throw of the year, I'm calling it now before we can even talk about any rewards, is DJ Shark. DJ Shark finished off the year as wide receiver 16, where the beginning half of the year, he was a wide receiver 1. At one point, I think I even saw him as wide receiver 6. DJ Shark... Was a dart throw of mine, which the only reason was because I saw athleticism. And his second year, I did not expect this. Nobody expected this. If you told me you expected it, you were you're wrong, and I don't really believe you. I can't really I can't really take you seriously. However, DJ Shark, when Minshew Mania was happening, was the number one target, and he was able to get just over 1,000 receiving yards and eight receiving touchdowns. That is perfect for wide receiver two numbers.
2: Robert Woods, wide receiver 17. We had him at wide receiver 14, and Woods finished just outside of where he was projected, which unfortunately is just outside of a wide receiver two. Probably not what you hoped for if you drafted Woods this year. That whole Rams offense really came back to reality. I'd look out for Woods going forward. Being tied to Jared Goff is an absolute killer. But he had 90 catches. He only found the end zone twice. Uh, 1,134 receiving yards is not a bad output in terms of yardage. And he can find the end zone, I don't know, five times. He's probably talking about wide receiver 12. Not a bad spot to be in if you're Robert Woods. But I'm going to need to see a lot more out of that Rams offense before I want to take any of their
0: players with any confidence. I love it because I was calling Brandon Cooks as the worst Rams wide receiver all season. Highest bid, wide
1: receiver uh, eighteen, DJ Moore for the Panthers. Um, we had him as the wide receiver twenty-nine, so he definitely, um, you know, blew us out of the water. I wasn't that high in him because I mean, I, I knew he had a good rookie season, but. I always thought the talent of Curtis Samuel was better than DJ Moore. I was wrong. Um, when Cam went down, I thought it was all over because Kyle Allen's a uh, horrific NFL quarterback. So when he could do do that with Kyle Allen, with Kyle Allen he did this this season. If Cam was healthy all year, he would be a lot higher, I believe. He's doing this with crap quarterbacks all season. I think he's, he's probably going to have a great –
0: Career on to somebody new, which is every wide receiver I've talked about. So here's the quarterbacks that my wide receivers that I've talked about have: Mitch Drabisky, Marcus Mariota, Brandon Allen, something Lo- Drew Locke, Joe Flacco. We already talked about Kyle Allen. Wide receivers that are showing up in the top 20 with these quarterbacks, you should be drafting and you should have your eye on. Therefore, Cortland Sutton, finishing at the wide receiver 19 in 2019, should have your eye caught. He made terrible throws look like phenomenal catches. This kid is phenomenally talented. And maybe the next Julio Jones, I quote my brother.
3: (laughs) You quote who? You. (laughs) I do like a little Cortland Sutton, but the next guy that I have to talk about is wide receiver 20. Rounding out what we're going to talk about for wide receivers tonight is John Brown, a guy that I've loved since Arizona. Mm -hmm. JB. He was wide receiver 52 (laughs) going into the season. Um And there was a lot of speculation on whether or not it was actually going to work in Buffalo. But let me tell you something as I've looked at his stats. He finished wide receiver three or less once. He has finished over wide receiver three every single game this entire season. So John Brown is someone with Josh Allen a perfect fit. At one point in the season, we talked about that perfect fit. And let me tell you, as long as he is with Josh Allen, who is a a pass deep kind of quarterback or rush, Josh John Brown, the deep threat wide receiver is going to succeed.
2: Tight ends, Travis Kelsey, projected tight tight end one, finished tight end one. He is who we thought he was. Is really what it is. He is who they we are thought who we was.
0: thought they there were.
2: There is no Gronk to compete with anymore for the top slot of tight end. I would expect Kelsey to continue to sit atop the tight end power rankings for the time being until the guy fucking retires. Excuse my language. Oh we've had we've had a <laughs> lot worse on but, the songs. I mean he's he's the guy in 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 uh, KC that Patrick Mahomes looks at when he gets in trouble. He catches the ball when it's thrown to him, and he scores a ton of touchdowns, and he runs great with the ball in his hands. He's a freak athlete. He's going to continue to be a freak athlete. He's your tight end one in fantasy, and he will be. Keep drafting him high. If you reach on Travis Kelsey, nobody's going to blame you. All right, tight end number two, George Kittle.
1: (laughs) Um, Not as great of a season as last year, but... Over a thousand yards. I mean, t- 10 and 2. If, if you can finish as two 10 in the league, that's phenomenal. Um, he started off the season very, very, very slow. He didn't have over 10 points until after week five. Um, after that, he, I mean, he kind of just clicked with Garoppolo finally. So, I mean, we had him as tight end three behind Kelsey and Ertz. So he finishes number two. Not much to say about Kittle. If you're of the guy. He did it for you.
3: Cheers. Yeah, Kittle's definitely a guy this year that was a mainstay in that offense, and he's definitely going to be Jimmy Garoppolo's number one target from years yeah, so, in and years out, as so long as he's there.
0: All right, and real quick, in like a couple seconds, I'm going to toss this out there. All right, well, drink. Sure. Well, you're, you
3: you're talking about the next one anyway.
0: All right, I'm, I'm going to talk about Darren Waller. Darren Waller was a tight end who was hyped throughout the entire offseason. season. Uh, everybody sat there and I feel like everybody was scared to draft Darren Waller but Darren Waller is the perfect example of why you should draft a tight end if you're not getting Travis Kelsey or jo- George Kittle you should or Zach Ertz you should be waiting on tight end and get that hyped tight end that Darren Waller is because you know what he's going to be in the first three weeks real quick I want to jump into this the only tight end that outscored the wide receiver 20, George, uh, John Brown, was Travis Kelsey, and Travis Kelsey falls in between wide receiver 11 and 12. That should tell you how not important tight ends are in the sense that do not draft tight ends early. Zach Ertz. All right, we'll go. That's a
3: great point. Souls of
0: the innocent, blood drenched, pavement.
3: The number one target for the number one quarterback this season was Mark Andrews, and Mark Andrews was able to produce tight end four numbers, which he was definitely someone that was hyped up a lot. He was a an up and coming um, tight end in this se- you know for this season, and he definitely won you a championship because the last two weeks he scored thirteen and twenty four. Uh, in total, he was able to get you know. 852 receiving yards 10 receiving touchdowns those are big numbers for a tight end the biggest thing for tight ends are touchdowns and that's definitely something that lamar jackson and harbaugh really looked at this season was what can we do on offense as far as in the red zone outside of their running game and mark Andrews was definitely the number one guy so he's going to be there in the future and he's going to you know mainstay as a top five tight end
2: Speaking of top five tight ends, Zach Ertz just rounding out our top five this evening. Uh, we had him ranked at tight end two, but whatever, two to five in tight ends is probably like, what, a five-point difference?
1: Right, but close. Yeah,
2: so count that. A pretty smart guy. Uh, he couldn't quite reproduce the huge season he had from 2018, but still had an all-around solid year. He had a few awful weeks along the way where he was posting zeros and just absolutely doing nothing. If he doesn't have those, he could easily be a top two. I don't think he's going to best Travis Kelsey, but he could easily, you know, caught up to George Kittle or uh, Darren Waller. So, Zach Ertz still very, very draftable years going forward. Uh, Dallas Goddard, however, is a concern of mine. It looks like he's taking a lot of attention that would normally go straight to Ertz, uh, especially in the red zone, but kind of is what it is deal with it.
1: Drink. Alright, tight end number six. Um, Austin Hooper of the Falcons. So he was tied in number one um, for the entire year until he got hurt. He missed four weeks, which killed him. Still finished tight end six, which shows you that that's how good he did beginning of the season because he, he came back, he still wasn't ready to play. And you could see that he, I think, he scored like four points to six points. But um, it was unfortunate that he got hurt because I was really wanting to see how he could finish healthy the entire season, but um, it was his third year, and it looks like if he's in that offense next year, it, it, it's you know it's better days ahead with him and Julio, and really, that. for those players on the, that offense, they shouldn't be as bad as they are. Yep. I'm sorry,
3: but um, yeah, they still got to say a Hooper. But it could actually be a very decent tight end year next year With Hooper included Because like you said, he was the tight end one for most of the season
0: Jared Cook, tight end 7 We had him ranked as tight end 7 Jared Cook is what we thought Jared Cook was going to be At the beginning of the year Ups and downs all over the place And that's honestly what you get from a majority of the tight end position My little... Grant, I think, is going to be on the tight ends as a whole. Stop drafting Travis Kelsey in the second round. Stop drafting tight ends before the fourth round. This is ridiculous that people are drafting Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz before they're drafting guys like Mike Evans and Alan Robinson, Julian Edelman, Ty- Take the wide receivers, look at the list, and find out where those tier breaks are because tight ends are far behind them. There's
2: a chance John Brown went untraffed.
3: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
3: Okay, so to that point, the next tight end on our list, Tyler Higby, Up until week 12, he had 38 fantasy points and finished as the tight end number eight. He in the last three weeks, uh, last four weeks of the season, was able to get somewhere around sixty fantasy points and find himself into a top ten category at tight end. They don't matter. Tyler Higby is a good tight end. If um, who is it, Reynolds or um, who's the, who's the other tight end there in San Francisco? Gerald Everett. Uh, uh, so no, sorry, you you got it, Gerald Everett, <laughs> um, in uh, L.A. But if he, you know, since he wasn't there, Tyler Higbee was able to be a good tight end for you in the um, you know playoffs for you. But again, 38 fantasy points previous to week 12 found his way to tight end eight.
0: Wiggle we- it. <laughs> Wait a I'm not gonna lie, I hate we're ending this on tight ends. I'm just gonna throw that.
2: Hunter in Henry, tight end nine. <laughs> We had him projected at tight end six, but he missed four weeks. So, again, sue me. He came back from injury, and he literally performed at a must-start level week in and week out. He had a couple dud weeks down the stretch. I think it's seven points and then, like, 1.6 in the championship weeks, which is absolutely killer. But, but, the rest of his year was, like, 20, 10, 12, 14, 8. Like, solid weeks from a tight end position where the tight end position this year was very liable to give you a zero week in and week out. So if you had Henry, yeah, you, you ate the four weeks he was hurt, and you put him back in your lineup.
0: You're in a good spot. Hunter Henry is a phenomenal talent too. So I would, I would, I honestly, Hunter Henry is going to be one of those guys you grab late. I think. Yeah.
1: And title number ten is Dallas Goddard, and this just shows, Tom. I, I can't agree more. Hold on, take a shot. I can't agree more. Wait until the last friggin' round to grab it to tight end. He had 115 points. That's nothing. He had 600 yards and five touchdowns. Um, and a lot of that came on the last week. He had 20 fantasy points. But it just shows that tight ends, you drafted Waller, Mark Andrews, Austin Hooper, Cook, Hague is got these guys are drafted in the last round, or not at all. So, you, you pick up these guys during the season, or you draft them very late, because you could waste a very high pick on a Zach Ertz, who didn't pan out. I mean, he's top five, but you, you could have gotten Waller in the 16th round, but you got Ertz in the third, you know? So, um. Right. So, uh, yeah, so that, that puts top us right down now. on
0: players, but we're not going to be done. Right, so we're gonna go off season. We're gonna start talking strategy. We're gonna talk about why you shouldn't be drafting tight ends. We'll show you tier breaks. Honestly, 115 points for Dallas Goddard as the tight end 10. That if I could tell you, you could draft John Brown five rounds later. And get those points from him than you would have gotten
2: from Jared Cook. Yeah, One, 115 is like a backup running back. Yeah, yeah. Most definitely. definitely. It's, I mean, that's like less less than Boston
0: Scott. Yeah, I mean we're we're trying to do the homework that, for you. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to put it out there so that it's you can consume <laughs> what we're telling you and you don't need to worry about doing the work yourself. I I really hate that we ended on tight ends. Because it's a very boring position to talk about. However, it's it's a very important thing to talk about that Travis Kelsey finishes as a wide receiver 16. Yeah. Well, let, me, let me put
2: it this way: in two of my championship uh, teams this year, I drafted Trey Burton as my tight end in the very last. Oh round. yeah. Uh, and did then the I dropped thing. him I did and I picked thing. up somebody else. Yep. Right. You know, right. It yeah. doesn't matter you And, it's, and it's a 4th a yeah. round A 4th round yeah. tight end yeah, I picked up Darren Waller and the other league I traded for Mark Andrews It all works out And a 4th round if tight end draft, this year If you draft a serviceable player In that slot You can then trade them
0: for a functional tight end Yep And That's we've said it We've said it before You're not going to win your league at the draft But you can lose it You can, you can lose, lose it. it at the draft
3: yeah, Absolutely and, and this more is than where 50% all of, your of the research
0: people. comes into, into, into play is right here and right now. Dude, honestly, look at these wide receivers. How many bad quarterbacks quarterback these terrible top 20 wide all
3: receivers? A lot of a lot of what we said about tight end could be said the same thing about Tim. about quarterback and I know that you can you can wait late on all of them that was definitely the one thing I learned this year is go for the hyped tight end at the end of the draft that was the Darren or Waller. And we, and the we'll we'll
0: point them out, right? It doesn't have to be any one position, but it's a guy that you can identify what their role is going to be. Late early. Lamar Jackson. No, no, no. Late. Early, right?
2: Whoever the tight end is on hard knocks, you just draft him. Oh, for sure. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hard knocks thing. So anyway, I
0: haven't closed this out, so I guess we'll we'll give it to Craig. But that is a top shelf power hour for podcast fifty. We'll let everybody just run so, down the line real quick. No Scotty. Okay. You go ahead. Let us know how you did in 2019. I won nothing, so right, we don't know how he was out there. But by the way, I had will we'll gloat start, later. So I'm still, I'm still good. I'm yeah. still good. I'm giving great advice. He just can't stuff. follow yeah. his own. So uh,
3: <laughs> keep listening. There's a I lot of good stuff.
1: Two leagues came in second, and two more and third, and one more.
2: Damn, uh, solid year. Yeah. So that so that's math. Yeah, math. So I made uh, <laughs> I made two championships. I won one. I lost one. Just the way it goes. Played six yeah. leagues this year, though, unfortunately. So I guess my championship uh, percentage isn't that hot. But I'll take two. You know, I'll
0: live with that. No,
3: that's
2: great. That five
3: five effort. leagues this year. Uh, t- uh, three championship matchups.
0: Make it quick, Craig.
3: Two championships. One second place. Um, so, to Scott. So to Scott be- so, Scott so beers mine. are on Craig. Uh, so yeah, so there are yeah, me plenty of um, but I would say you know we have some stuff that we have coming for you soon, where we're going to be going over our individual stats throughout starts and sits. We're going to go over everything that we talked about all season long, and we're going to tell you how well we did. We're going to well, be and honest, it's,
0: and it's well okay. We're not sitting here tooting our own horns. We're going. We'll do some a, of a that theory. We'll we'll toot our own <laughs> horns for sure. It's theory and thought process yeah, I on wanted... how to uh, attack a fantasy lineup, how to attack a fantasy draft. How do you maneuver across the fantasy landscape? Yeah, well, we're... Because the... there would... And this exercise was great because things pop that you go, holy shit, like, where did that come from?
1: I'm glad they put the points up there, too. Oh, yeah, it's available. Right. Um, I mean, you look at I'm those because, Like, I had... I got, if I was... All right, Kelsey's one, guards 10... I wouldn't know that they're almost 100 points off. Oh, yeah. I've
2: been saying for a few weeks now, like, I wanted to give everybody philosophy. And there are a lot of different approaches to fantasy football. And a lot of them work. All of them work if you do them correctly. But a big part of what I want to get into is stuff. We we talk about things. A couple weeks ago, we were discussing a zero running back strategy. And when you say that, yeah, like people that play fantasy for like ten years know exactly what we're talking about. But for you newcomers to fantasy, maybe this is your first or second season, we want you guys to know exactly what we're talking about too. So we'll go through all of that in the in the next few weeks and tell you, these are different draft strategies. They've worked for us in the past. We've probably all used them. I, I don't think I've ever gotten zero running back. but you have. I think you I I, I have done gone it once. zero yeah. running back I have won done a it.
0: championship doing it. But they, Fantasy football is data. <laughs> yeah. It is Looking at data, understanding and a little bit data, of luck. it is trending data. Yes, there's a little bit of luck to it, but it is understanding what you're looking at and how do you consume that data. You don't consume it from one data source. Exactly. You consume it from multiple people. And we all, four of us here at the table, have a very unique perception on how you should handle fantasy football, how you should maneuver, all of that. And for the next, I don't know, six months, we'll be talking about... What are we doing for 2020? It's going to be great. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot.
2: Because well, a lot of people that. play fantasy football for six months of the year. I don't stop playing fantasy football play at any months point. Months. Hey, <laughs> listen, you're not
0: going to be a champion if you don't stop. So anyway, so... Yeah, I like, funded correct. myself. We're, we're at an hour at <laughs> like six. Just, just, uh, just hey, close seven. us listen. out. We don't need to do a whole hate thing. Just give me the. Just give me the, you know, I hey, how you doing? Dude, treat, how you doing? We hey, double dude, tree
3: It's our tagline, but it's the truth. You always want to make sure that you are staying fluid, and making sure that you, you see what you have in front of you and uh, change your opinions. That's 2019. That's a wrap. Stay fluid. Stay loose, Shelfies.